3: Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm here, Sanders Schleck we're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Go to the athletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for 30% off. It's Thursday. We usually don't do pods on Thursday, but so we're doing one today. Uh, it's it's because mostly because Taylor refuses to face the music on Josh Giddy. He's still is just yep. holding, holding on to the fact that he's not good. He thinks he's not good. So he decided to quit the pod. And <laughs> you know, L Man is just doing L Man things. L Man's just trying to rule the world right now. So it, I've got Jay. Part of it is we're the only ones that have flexibility, really, <laughs> that's like, is what that's, it is. That's honestly that's the honest truth.
0: Um <laughs> And so we we can't do tomorrow morning. And so the option was now or no fry pod. And so this is what we're doing. And uh, which is good because nothing's really going to change on the thunder front. From what I can tell, you know, maybe a knock on the wood. Um, But yeah, exactly. There shouldn't be anything that happens between now and tomorrow morning that's going to change it. And on top of that is we get to give as fresh of responses as we can to. I don't know, maybe the best win in the history of the franchise i'll just say it <laughs> at least in the last four games
3: man it was really a fun game it it started out as just pure misery because-
0: well it was funny so i'm i literally so i, I had obligations until about seven thirty. yeah last night and so at 7 30 i get out and i check my phone because i'm i, I listened to the wednesday pod and the whole time i'm like you know, dang, man, Andrew and Alex are pretty confident that the Thunder are going to win this. And I pull it up and they're down by like 26. And I'm like, <laughs> so I literally screenshot the score and send it to to the group text and yep. say, well done, guys. This is your responsibility. And so uh, it ended up being something where, uh, you know, I think they tied the largest comeback in the franchise history down 26. Yep. yep. Uh, and right. just the second half was uh incredible and really even kind of late in the second quarter where the stump the comeback started it was so much fun uh watching that so Andrew I want to hear a little bit so Andrew in in case you haven't been able to notice is Andrew is down in that kind of front press row uh technically right behind Michael Cage is what I got clarification on yesterday got a
3: great view of Cage's head the whole time
0: yeah a lot of shoulder rubs just in those timeouts and different (laughs) things like that but but um, so tell me, how does the arena feel? And I know a lot of our listeners have probably been to the game last night as well. But how does the arena feel?
3: Last night was great, it, especially whenever there's moments where the Thunder are gaining momentum. The crowd is super into it, even though there's a lot of Lakers fans. There were a lot of Warriors fans the other night, but it's still a vast majority of Thunder fans. And it gets loud like it used to. And it's just nice to like have that. I feel that vibe again because being in the empty arena all season last year was just—it was kind of depressing. Because even if they're going on this run, like you can hear the the bench cheering, you know, like that's the only cheering that you get because everybody else in there is like working, and so you can't you can't exactly cheer for them as they're going on this run. But the roar of the crowd was back, and it was really really fun, man. It was great. Yeah and it was you could feel that through the uh you know
0: watching it through Bally Sports which it actually worked all night last night which I appreciate and Wow. for
3: Apparently uh, know, apparently there's no they don't have anything inside it's like a truck outside.
0: Yeah and something that like, happened that
3: they're broadcasting from and I have, I have an inside source that said when Bally Sports came on uh he said that when he got the equipment from Bally compared to what they had before from Fox, he's like, this equipment looks like it's from the 80s. He's it,
0: like, It's <laughs> the least surprising thing that could possibly be. It's Ugh. such a letdown. Like, I don't want to get on that soapbox too much. I know y'all kind of jokingly mentioned it yesterday in the pod, but it's enraging. The yeah. NBA should have... Uh, it's at some point they're going to renegotiate these local contracts. Yeah, and the best thing that could happen for Thunder fans is if one of the major networks jumped in. Uh, I yeah. know, and I think Portland. There's a few other few other markets where NBC Sports has the rights for the Thunder. That would be awesome. Ever since Fox Sports or ESPN, like if ESPN created some sort of network to carry a lot more of that, I don't know. The NBA is just too good to have such bad local content. Yep. Uh, in my opinion. So, either way. A lot of fun last night. Um, The minutes—it is kind of intriguing, and and you and Alex did mention it as well. Is there is no set lineup, nor will there be any sort of set rotation as we move forward. Did you hear what Mark said last night? I didn't. What did he say?
3: So pregame, I can't remember who it was. Somebody was asking him about like the rotation and Isaiah Roby or something pregame, and he was like, "Listen, there is no rotation." Like Mark's, like Mark just straight up said it last night. Like there is, there is no rotation. Which I was like, thank you. Like that's Mark has been tremendous with just communicating and like he really tries to answer your question like to the best of his ability. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Did you hear his answer about Trey Man? Huh. So this was, I didn't get to
0: listen to any post game interviews.
3: This was awesome. So this was pre game. I was just asking him, like, do you go into the game? knowing who you're going to play like big minutes. Cause like you played Poku 18 minutes in the last game, you played him six in the game before, like was that planned or is that just you like reading the game and feeling the game? And his answer was like, it's kind of both. He said, I know who I want to play, but he said, if they're doing the right things, then I'm going to play them. And so then I followed up like, okay, so like what is you, what do you need from Trey man to play him more than like, nine minutes a game? because that's kind of what he's been getting. And I think he even played less than that last night. Uh, and he said he needs him yeah, to play pl- five. five. Yeah. He said he needs him to play on the defensive end. And he said that he's like, he said, I'm trying to teach the players to eat their broccoli before their skittles. And he's like, Trey man's offense is like his skittles. Like he can, he can get to whatever spot he wants he can, you know, hit all kinds of crazy shots, but he's like, if I would just let him go out there and skate around and not worry about the defensive end or worry about the things that I want him to do, he's like, I'm setting him up, you know, to not have to not even have a great career. He's like, he needs to eat his broccoli first, which is playing defense, That's brilliant. making the right reads, doing all that stuff. So he's he also said skittles this is a direct quote from from him skittles is a very relatable candy and i just thought that was a hilarious line (laughs) it's like why somebody asked him why did you pick skittles and he said well skittles is a very relatable candy
0: (laughs) it is everybody knows about skittles so let me ask you a question so do you think that fits into the reason that Poku, Poku played seven minutes, yeah, uh, played substantially better against the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still such a raw project. And I think yeah. one of the things that's happened for Thunder fans is Giddy's emergence in, gosh, what, four, five games and how good and solid he has looked has made it to where a lot of us have kind of allowed Poku to just kind of. Oh, yeah, he's a project. It's fine. We're not expecting much from him this year. He can just kind of play four minutes occasionally. He'll probably get some G, G League or uh, yeah, G League time, yeah. um, and so. But is is that kind of the same stuff that you're hearing him talk about when it comes to Poku in the sense of like, um, I mean, there's a few places, especially in the Sixers, where it was like just. Like he was nailed to the floor mm-hmm. as guys got past him in kind of crucial moments. And I think maybe in the same way is is for us is we're just like, let Poku play. And if he makes mistakes, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And Degnault is trying to make it to where not only can Poku develop for a person here in in this franchise, but if he has any desire to kind of make it work for the rest of his career, he has to start working on on the broccoli part of his game as well. Uh, do you think that's that's the same kind of conversation?
3: No question he's got to eat his broccoli too man that's i th- I think that's the case with everybody and I think that's why you see Josh play because Josh has been pretty good he's had some really nice defensive moments he's had some lapses here and there but like overall Josh giddy is a helpful NBA player like when he's yeah. in the game he affects the game at a high level Poku just I haven't it, gotten to yet.
0: it yet I haven't gotten to it yet but I just started listening to Sam Bassini and Matt Penny's uh conversation about the rookie so far and i know they've oh, got yeah. at least a part of a segment on on giddy i want to hear what they're saying you can yeah. hear it though um i mean Russillo mentioned it ryan Russillo mentioned it last night on twitter about how unique it was that in the most maybe crunch clutch time of the game mm-hmm. the play they went to which i don't know if this was the actual drawn-up play was the giddy to Derek favors pick and roll
3: it was the drawn-up um, play it was yeah, yeah. and that, which is yeah.
0: wild because Shea was out of his mind last yeah. night. But you knew like they were throwing everybody at Shea, and so putting the ball in Giddy's hands with a game on the line was huge. They did it again. Has uh, he inbounded the ball, and that did not work out quite as well when he threw it directly to Car- Carmelo Anthony in, <laughs> in, in rhythm for the three point shot. Yeah. But Giddy has been fantastic, man. He has been everything that I hope for in in a the six pick. And more. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited about what he's going to develop into. There were certain plays like a couple. He just can find guys. He's not yeah. as flashy as LaMelo. Like I understand that. Like he's not. He hasn't done all the ludicrous plays that he Lamello doesn't do the home, does. He doesn't
3: do the home run stuff that yeah. LaMelo does where it's like a 50-50 ball at times. You know, he doesn't. He, yeah. he doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But he makes just
3: really solid uh, passes. That Kenrich pass. Yep. Where he just yep, yep, yep. rifled it. And he, yep. so Giddy basically talked at post game about everything that you're talking about. Like he admitted, like, man, he's like, I threw the ball to the exact wrong person in Mellow. He's like, I was just, he said, I was, he said he was just like horrified that he had done that. <laughs> you know, he's like, I can't believe it landed in his hands. Uh, and then Mellow post game said that he, you know, didn't, you know, it didn't like click in his head that like he had like another second to like set up.
0: Yeah, it felt show. rushed.
3: Yeah, um, and then he said so with Kenrich that Kenrich play. He said he before the before that possession. He said he went to Kenrich and said, "Just cut, and I'm gonna I'll find you. Like just go, and I'll find you." And he said he's learning. He's like he's figuring out how players like to receive the ball and when they like to. And he's like I'm just like he's basically like quarterbacking this team. When he's out mm-hmm. there, he said, Kenrich, like you just go. And he's like, I'm going to get you. And he's just like that, that pass. Like if you haven't gone to at least rewatch it, you need to go rewatch it because it's a spectacular pass that like, honestly, very few thunder players in the history of the thunder could make. Yeah. You know, like it's probably Russ and then it's probably giddy and giddy. The thing that giddy does better, um, then Russ is like he's always just like right in the pocket, like it's always like delivered just right yeah. where it needs to be. Yep. And, and where Russ had his moments where he was really grooving with his passing, but there were times where he's throwing the ball at, you know, Corey Brewer's ankles,
0: um, right? Which is where you have to throw it with Corey Brewer. <laughs>
3: That's right. He's nothing. The back, he's the back. Nothing. Man.
0: <laughs> nothing traditional works for Corey Brewer. Hoostock sixty nine says it, and I I agree with him in in part. And it's hard as I don't know if that was drawn up or if it's just an assumption on. So if you if you rewatch that last play where Mello gets the ball is is Kenridge is cutting back to the ball um, and he slips. But as before he slips, he begins to kind of break out. Uh, or took kind of the right side of the court if you're facing towards Giddy when Giddy threw it with the anticipation that he was going to cut to the left. And so I don't know if that's just a miscommunication, um, a lack of kind of connection between the two of them. I'm not 100% sure what it is, but it definitely feels like one of those things where Kenrich slipping was part of it, but they just. Yeah. You know he went right when when Giddy went left, and so
3: and it's it hard to give that all to Giddy, but it was Giddy, Giddy should have called, a, He should have called timeout. Is really what it should have come down to. Like if yeah. if he's not getting it in, like he should have just called timeout and they try again.
0: Yeah, and you could feel. I mean, I don't know what it was like in the arena, but definitely on on TV is it it you could feel this real. And let me clarify. NBA players always want to win, mm-hmm. always want to win, mm-hmm. but. There was a special importance to pulling that game off last night. I think no Degno really, you could tell, wanted to to get that win. Not just because oh, yeah. it's the Lakers, but just because it's kind of the reward for the correct way of playing. Yep. and you've seen the way they played against Houston, which was just a disaster, and then to come back and play Philly, even the Warriors, and then to play uh, the Lakers last night so well is it's just like it would. The moral victories are cool for for the Twitterverse, but in reality is those guys to play as hard as they did and as well as they did as clean of a game as they did Mm -hmm. uh getting that win was a huge deal and so the pressure you could feel it rising up uh in the team especially and then you throw a 19 year old kid who's 19 by like two weeks you throw him out there and have this inbound play which he's somebody eventually there's nobody I would trust more with the ball in that moment uh but being being this early in his career and what would be probably the biggest moment of his NBA career honestly um is just a lot to ask him to do. but And it worked out. The Thunder got a win. They ended up winning 123 to 115. Um, just unbelievable. You and Alex called it yesterday, and it was really fun to watch that develop. And the whole time, I'm like, I'm going to text or tweet something about you two calling it. And I'm like, don't say anything until it's over. Don't do do it. not say anything don't until do it's it, over.
3: Um, Mello almost what do you think about
0: Let me ask you a question about maybe the moment that is not really part of the game, but kind of part of the game. Mm -hmm. So at the very end of the game, basically gets the steal, goes down, dunks, and Russ apparently was not a fan of it Uh, and used it as kind of a coaching moment. Right. And in my mind is that's Russ trying to be like the Don't do that. Um, That's not how you're supposed to respond. You have any thoughts on something like that?
3: I just think that it's if it were anybody else. Besides Russell, I would, you know, say that's fine. But you think Russell Westbrook in front of his home crowd isn't going to steal the ball and go dunk it? Like, give me a freaking break, dude. Like, give me a break. The only reason he was mad is was is because they lost. And, right. Like, that's... And, and Baisley probably did the wrong thing, but he had so much momentum. Like, he had to run pretty fast to go get that ball. He had so much momentum. He could have dribbled it out. He probably should have. It's the unwritten rule, whatever. I say this is your first win. You're a young team and you're beating this like old Lakers team. Go go, smash it. Like, I don't care. And Russell, you think a 21-year-old Russell Westbrook isn't gonna steal the ball and go dunk it? Like, give me a break, Russ. Like, that's garbage. Like that's Especially, that is ridiculous yeah. to me that. Of anybody, like if it were LeBron, like LeBron maybe doesn't go dunk that. If LeBron like took him aside, I was like, "Hey man, like you shouldn't have done that," you know, from one clutch guy to another, don't do that next time, you know. Well, but for Russ remember- Luce is cool about it. It's like, dude, like this, it's just like such a rust moment.
0: Well, and if you remember, like just kind of as a fr- reflection of how LeBron will handle it differently, a few games previously when they're playing the Suns, uh, I guess it was earlier in the season, and Camera Payne is. I don't know, apparently strutting and, you know, acting like he did everything. And LeBron is from the sidelines like, hey, just a year ago, you were sitting at your house. Yeah. Stay humble. Stay humble. You know, and LeBron has that. I think Russ has that in a lot of ways, um, especially being he's the face of the franchise. Like, yeah, um, there's there will be no player, you know, from that first era that that has as much gravity uh, as he does, or has much, you know, significance in the franchise, and so I get it, but it definitely was way more. And hoopstalk sixty nine said this as well. He says it's is he was just embarrassed, mm-hmm. and I would say more than embarrassed, he was just angry. Um, that's a bad yeah. loss. Like that's not a good loss. Uh, it's, bad. it's it's you know? gonna,
3: it's all over Sports Center. And the fact the fact is that like he doubled down. Like the first notif- ESPN notification that I got after the game was. Westbrook gets tossed after Darius Bailey throws down a dunk. <laughs> that's, that's the first notification right. I get. It's like, bro, like help yourself out a little bit, you know, just like, let it go. But the fact that he doubled down on like how much he thought it was wrong. And I'm sure Lakers fans stand with him. And that's, I mean, it's part of like why you love Russ as a fan is that these moments like that. It's annoying on the other side, but when you are a fan of him and you see him like, like, Go after somebody because they did something they shouldn't have done. Like, you probably, like, yeah, like he's so justified in what he did. But, but when you understand like Russ's career and like Russ has done stuff like that so many times, so many times. I mean, the dude freaking blocked a half court shot from a mascot one time, just, you know, so that the Denver fans couldn't have like a cheesy Gordita crunch or something. So, I get like, just give me a break on
0: that. Right. Yeah. And he's the guy that, he always seemed to care about it as much as you as fans did. Right. Yeah. So that's why you kind of always appreciated him. Cause you do have some guys like, in, especially in the games that are kind of throwaway games where they don't feel like they really care as much as you do. And it doesn't make sense. And so Russ was always, that's why my dad loved Russ because yeah. like ride or die, Russ was going to, you know, go out there and, be as competitive in in a random game in February yep. uh, as he, as he would be in a playoff game sometimes, you know? And so it is what it is. It's just one of those moments I thought was at least, you notice you know, worth noting. Um, so, but I don't know, there's a lot, there's too many good things about the thunder in order to, that I'm not going to harp too much on that. So just looking through the box score, uh, I thought Baisley was actually really, really good last night. Um, I do good. think he's, I think he's turning a corner in some of the things that he's doing. But the difference maker for last night is he was four of eight from the three-point line. Like him hitting 50% of his threes, which is not going to happen with regularity. But him shooting that ball with confidence. Uh, But the thing that's been the most impressive, because I've probably been a little bit more on the positive about Baisley this year um, than maybe some of the general kind of feels about him. And I know that Alex kind of mentioned this a little bit as well, uh, is I do think he's. Working to finish more aggressive uh, than he ever has in his career. Mm-hmm. And and that's a big deal. I don't love the hero ball that he kind of started the season with. But in the last few games, as they've all figured out a little bit about what they're going to be, I think Baisley has found a pretty decent role. If he can yeah. shoot, it changes everything. He uh, cut out the hero
3: ball stuff last night, though. Yeah. Like that's that's there weren't possessions where he the, the, the thing that killed me is when he get the ball and he'd stop and he'd be like, all right, my turn, you know, last night it was, he moved it quick. He, he had a couple passes that were, you know, he'll be credited with a potential assist on at least two that I remember, but he was passing the ball really well last night. He was moving it quick. He wasn't stopping to try to get his own, like thinking he was Paul George or something like that. Right. That's that. That's the stuff that just kills me where it's just like, dude, that is not you.
0: Yeah, you just that guy. not,
3: that's not you. So Last night I thought it was like the perfect Baisley game where you know Mark put him in late and he needed to be in there because he's he's one of the only like long-rangey athletes on the team and you need those kind of guys in the NBA you do but whenever he plays iso ball when he doesn't share the ball when he's not making quick decisions it's like he doesn't need to be out there at all. Like that I don't I that's why he didn't play much in the last game. Yep. And because he did the opposite, that's why he played a ton against the Lakers. I thought he had a really nice game. He you know, Mark said he course corrected. Yeah, he absolutely course yeah, it's corrected. It's cause he
0: started eating his broccoli, man.
3: He ate his broccoli. Eat your
0: broccoli, broccoli. boys. Come on, baby <laughs> So uh but dude, we gotta talk. We gotta talk shit. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Let's transition to the fact that Shea Gill, especially in the
3: third quarter. Yeah, it was let me read over. you his third quarter stats. These are just his third quarter stats: seventeen points, two boards, three assists, four of six from three in the third quarter, and one big fat shrug.
0: And he hit, is that after he hit the, the have you bank seen, have shot you seen the photo? The
3: there a, a guy I, at the Oklahoman. Oh, I gotta put it up here on the stream, Jamon.
0: That's awesome. It,
3: it was the just the photo itself was just so so good.
0: So let me tell you kind of my, as you look for that, that photo, let me just tell you a little bit about my evolution with Shay this year is the first few games. I was like, man, this is going to be a brutal uh, season for Shay. Like he has no space. He, he just, he's forcing everything and he was even acknowledging a lot of that in post game interviews and conversations, but the last
3: three games, Oh my gosh. Isn't that that picture
0: is awesome.
3: I'm sure you've seen right. it. And if you're on our YouTube, go to YouTube.com, search Down to Dunk, click subscribe. You can watch us on YouTube. But if you're on the stream, like you can see this picture. It's just, it almost looks posed. You know, it's just... It does. That's h- awesome. It's so good. And I could, he ran just like right by me doing it. And I'm like, it looked like, it looked like the MJ Shrug. It was yeah. hilarious.
0: So they, it's, it's one of those things where you watch it against Philly, which Philly... You know, put Matisse Thybul and then Shea just took him to task, which was yep. amazing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and then against the Warriors, Warriors aren't really good perimeter defenders like That's just not who they're going to be. They're going to outscore no. you most every single night. So it, yep. it was still impressive, but it was not, you know, like one of those things. But last night, in order to be able to just take over the game mm-hmm. um, and literally will this team to a win. Shea is in, in my mind. He's a superstar. He's a superstar. Yeah. I yeah. think the, the whole entire purpose of this season is to pair a third, because I'm going to be honest with you as well, is I'm not ready to call him a superstar, but I think Giddy is special. Um, yeah. And I'll call it he's like special. five games into his rookie year, man. He is special for 19. If he's going to develop physically the way that every other human being that's ever gone from 19 mm-hmm. to 20 and 20 to 25 kind of thing. Yep. I just think Giddy's going to be really, really special. and here's
3: And here's the reason why they need to hit on this next draft pick. Because if you can get your second best player or even your best player in this next draft, and Giddy is your third best player, oh yeah, you are really, like really have something. Yep. Like you really, really yep. have something.
2: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. courtside seats to an NBA game and more head over to Michelob ultra.com slash courtside to learn more.
0: Yeah. And I think that the thing is, is we're flying high today. The, they beat the Lakers. I still think, and, and I think you're absolutely right. they are a 20 to 25 win team, uh, mm-hmm. 22, 23, 21, somewhere around there. I think that's absolutely where they'll land. And I think that's absolutely where they need to be. Give themselves the best shot that they can to get in that top five, uh, really, top one or two would be really awesome. I'm not yeah. a super Holmgren, a Chet fan, just because he's so tiny, but uh, or so skinny. But but getting just kind of that third piece, which could you know, like you're right, could be your first, could be your second or third best guy. But I have a ton of confidence uh, with Shea, and if you can get a big that's really good that can stretch the floor, um, I just think you're going to be will be shocked and it feels, and I know they're trying to replicate this. And so they're practicing the old thunder facility and doing all those things. There are moments in last night's game, even the Philly and the warriors game where it definitely feels uh, a little bit more kind of that vibe that that was there in the early days of the thunder. But I do want to say one thing uh, the conversation about um they're going to move this team because nobody's going to come to the games and nobody's going to care and support it. Can we just kill that whole entire conversation?
3: It's got to be done. Because
0: you watch last night, and here's the deal. I know that the Lakers fans probably filled up half of the arena, and there will be games where the Thunder don't draw a crowd. Um, But after the Warriors game, or was it the Sixers game? Sorry, they're both a little blurry in my mind. But – the fan base stayed afterward and did that standing ovation, applaud Warriors. their effort. Yeah, Warriors, so it was a Warriors yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And then last night, they were absolutely on fire for the mm-hmm. Thunder at the end of the game. And so this idea that the the fan base, and I'll be honest with you, like in in moments where I wasn't thinking clearly, uh, I thought that the Thunder would struggle in the midst of a tank. And, and there will be ups and downs, I think, over the course of this. There will be
3: struggles. There will absolutely be struggles. But you know, this
0: that, city... That this fan base, at least five games in three home games, appears to be strong enough that we recognize the effort and will applaud this team as long as they're moving forward in a direction yeah. that makes sense. And what you don't want to be is the Kings where you haven't been in the playoffs. What Would you say 16 years? Mm hmm. You know, and so there's a majority of Thunder fans uh, recognize what's going on and can applaud the fact that regardless of the outcome is the brand of basketball that was played in the last three games is really enjoyable to watch and support. So that yeah. whole entire conversation needs to just die. Yeah. Um,
3: well, and people need to realize that, you know, like, go look at and see how many coaches the Kings have had. Go look and see how many general managers the Kings have had. Like, go, go look at those things. There's no stability I think one of the biggest competitive advantages that teams can have is having a stable owner and a stable general manager, and a general manager that has vision. And, like, if Sam has anything, he's got vision. You know, like, that's like in spades, he's got vision. So, just, it's just you're trying to compare them to the Kings or the Timberwolves or like whoever else you want to compare them to, even the Magic who've had cycled through coaches and had to cycle through um, general managers too. Like the Thunder, of this the whole time they've had one president of basketball ops, one, and they've had three coaches or four coaches is all they've had in the in this whole span. And like PJ was like barely here. Yeah. And so like you can you can like if you don't want to count him, fine. Because and I know you I know you it, can't it's project three.
0: Yeah, I know you can't project this, but everything about Dagnault it just excites me about his future
3: he's great man uh i i like him as a guy i like him as a coach he is he is like very humble himself somebody asked him last night i think it was myron patton asked him after the game about how like you're in a huddle you're down 26 you're telling the guys you know what to do and that they can get back in this or whatever he's like do the do the guys believe you when you when you talk and he was like, man, he's like, I don't think these guys ever believe me, to be honest. <laughs> you know, he's like, but he's like, here are the things that I continue to preach to them. And what's funny is that like they are using Mark lingo all the time. Like Shay in yeah. particular is using like the stuff that Mark is preaching to him all the time. And like anybody that wants to think that like Shay is unhappy or Shay doesn't like this or why Just would she ever to do this? Look at the shrug picture. <laughs> I, I see him bebopping bopping down the hallway, you know, like even after being 0-3, you know, or 0-4. Mm-hmm. Like he just he's he is he is not upset with what the team's doing. He's not upset. He wants to be a leader and understands that he has a chance to be a part of something special down the road. Yeah. And so he's not. Man, like we're losing. Like he, he's he got the, the same vision that the franchise has. Like he's got it too. So the people that say that are projecting their own feelings about right. how they would feel if they were Shay, but they don't bother to listen to Shay talk after or before the game. They don't bother to watch the Thunder. They don't bother to do any of that. They just are projecting their own stuff out there saying that, you know, he should feel this way. Well, he doesn't feel that way. He doesn't.
0: Yeah. And part of it is I think Oklahoma city fans just historically have an inferiority complex. Uh, And I think it's really people that live in the city. It's Mm -hmm. where we always, we always feel like we don't measure up. And I think part of that also comes from the fact that the way we got our franchise uh, you know, a, a lot of people really, really kind of started out there conversation about the Oklahoma City Thunder from a negative lens, right? Like, I still I still hold a grudge against Bill Simmons because he used <laughs> to call us the Zombie Sonics, right? Like, and used to, yep. you know, there's one of the Neil Everett on uh, Sports Center who's from Seattle as well. Like, he would always have a little dig every time he had talked about the Thunder. And yeah. so, I think that's part of it as well is, like, we get really defensive. We get really nervous when things aren't, you know, it's like we have to be competing for a championship forever and ever or nobody will want to ever be here. it's just not the reality. I think the thing that Clay Bennett and Aubrey McLennan and the ownership team did, uh, you know, 13 years ago or however long it was, 14 years ago, is they hired Sam Presti. And he was a guy that recognized that there's going to be challenges building a team in Oklahoma City. But if you do things the right way, you're going to have a high chance for success as you grow as a team and a franchise. And so we're seeing it play out and Chase happy and he's he's excelling like I think after the first few games, we're all a little bit honest to say, like, oh, if this is what this whole season's going to be like, I don't know if I would want to stay and play. But to be yeah. able to see these last three games where they figured some things out against pretty decent opponents, right? Like that's three probably playoff teams. Um, you know, I don't know is at home, but they played well against three teams that are pretty good competition. And so you're gonna see them win some games like that, like they shouldn't have against the Lakers. You're gonna see them lose some games where it does just seem to all fall apart. But in the midst of it, I think what I'm noticing more and more is it's gonna be a lot of fun just watching these guys develop and then and they're enjoying it as well. You know, it may not always oh, yeah. be that way in hard nights, but it seems like the team is also enjoying it.
3: Yeah. They're gonna there's gonna be good stretches and bad stretches, and they're they're gonna lose a lot of games. And that's okay. That's a part of the plan here. Uh, all right, let's go to some Twitter questions. Twitter questions. Our first question comes from at kinda scottish. He says, Is Josh Giddy the rookie of the year or the MVP?
0: <laughs> I think it's gonna be hard to this rookie class is is really proving to be everything that that a lot of people had thought about it. Um yeah. Evan Mobley has been Evan's really, really good. Really good. Uh Jalen Green is has been up and down, which is what we kinda thought he'd be, but you know what he hit eight three pointers the other night in a game, set the rookie record for Houston. Um I think that there's just a lot of guy I don't think Suggs is gonna be that competitive. Scotty Barnes is somebody I didn't even mention. He's been Barnes maybe the really best good. rookie of the year so far. Yep. Uh we haven't even seen Cade, Cade, has Cade play. Yeah. Cade may
3: play Saturday. Is Man, what that'd be saying. great
0: for if i was yeah. a pistons fan i'd be pretty excited. Yeah. So but Giddy's been fantastic and uh he'll make a, i think he makes an all rookie team uh mm-hmm. whether it's first or second i think he definitely makes an all rookie team. So what other guys have you noticed out there that are uh, yeah Chris Duarte a great ape mentioned in the comments. Yeah Duarte's uh,
3: probably been the best rookie i would it's say. Cuz he's he's 26 years old. <laughs> he's very old. He's a very and old he's man. playing
0: like legit minutes. They're like, oh, this is cool. We've got a legit rotation guy. By he, the way. He, he plays a ton. This is stupid. This is stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> Miles Turner has fallen out of the rotation in Indiana.
3: Yeah. Rick Carlisle, best coach ever, man.
0: You know. I'm just saying. I just threw that out there with no connection to the Oklahoma City Thunder. But this is why it is I weird. am.
3: It is weird. Jalen Green has had moments. Uh, Franz Wagner has been. The best yep. Orlando Magic rookie so far. Uh, I wouldn't say that's going to continue. Um, but yeah, I mean, Davion has played well for for the Kings. Um, and honestly, like, JRE has been one of the better rookies in this class so yeah, far.
0: Yeah, hasn't that been awesome? JRE was fantastic against the Warriors.
3: I think I'm going to call, I, I want to call, I don't know J-Rob, what to call J Rob. I don't know if that's right. I just don't know if I feel right about that. I don't... Nothing just feels right Just call him Jeremiah. Or Jerry. Jeremiah. Yeah, we've talked about Jerry. J-R-E. It's just... They're just... Nothing feels right yet. So, just... If you guys would just leave me alone about it for a while, I'd appreciate <laughs> that. Um, but he's been good. uh goon has been good as well for Houston. He's not like...
0: World you know, beater or anything. Yeah,
3: he's like eight and four... To assist right now. He That's didn't
0: he wasn't great against the Thunder, which I kinda liked. He did have a really awesome block, but
3: Yeah. Yeah, no, he was not great against OKC. So that makes you feel a little bit better yeah. inside your heart. So <laughs> I but can't yeah, Kate will see some Kate uh, will be up there and Aaron Wiggins, Jalen man. Green will be. So uh all right. I've got ten minutes left, Jay. All right, let's go. i have got to hop to a meeting. Um lots of people asking about Josh Giddy. Thanks for the giddy questions. Uh, Midnight Ross wants to know is Darius Baisley our new Jeremy Grant I remember the is Jeremy Grant good segments will he turn a corner like Grant did I hope so me too no way to
0: predict that but I hope so I think it's all about what what Baisley brings attitude wise Um, if he brings a real humility and willingness to do what he needs to do to develop I think he absolutely could be like Grant I think that's not out of the question at all
3: he was super duper weird before the game I wasn't there. Um, honestly, a little glad I wasn't there. But, um, you know, I was talking to the people that were in the presser before he before the game. And, like, he was just, like, super pissed. Like, And maybe it was, like, trying to be focused before the game or, like, mad about how he played or I don't know what it was. But he was, like, giving, like, very short answers, like, barely talked and, like, got out of there as quick as he could kind of thing. You know, it's just funny because like, you watch him on social media and like he's like, has like the whole chef bays thing where he like wears a chef costume yeah. and everything. But then like the personality with the, the media is like just not there. Just he's
0: whatever. definitely one of the more unique personalities uh, that I remember around the Thunder.
3: Yeah. Uh, Panicked Waddle wants to know if the Thunder are competitive, a competitive playoff team in three years, how many guys on the current roster are in the playoff rotation?
0: That's a great question. Favors Shea, isn't. giddy.
3: <laughs> Favors is out.
0: Shea Dort Giddy. Man, I think the biggest question geez. Jeremiah
3: Robinson Earl.
0: J R E J Rob Jerry. What does he want to be called?
3: Uh, I need to ask him. Yeah. Everybody calls him J. Rob around the team. So that would that would be my guess, but I need to ask him what so, he wants to be called. I think
0: the biggest question for me is what does Kenrich look like going forward?
3: Oh, yeah, Kenrich. Kenrich. Uh, to me, don't trade Kenrich because the minute you trade Kenrich, in two years you're going to be looking for Kenrich.
0: Well, and the other thing for me is that even if he doesn't play super well, even if he's not playing the minutes, he very much feels like the heart and soul of this team. Uh, Dude, the good. hard work, the grind, all of those things – and, and he is good. He, you know, like he was playing defense on Anthony Davis and trying his hardest to, you know, get this giant, which he's I always forget how big Anthony Davis is. Uh, but he's, he's got massive. four inches on Basley. It's crazy. He's huge. Amy was,
3: watching, Amy was watching the game last night and was texting me during it. And she was like, these Lakers guys are giant. Yeah. Compared to huge, the Thunder.
0: Huge. And okay. so but I do think Kinrich is a part of that. I think Ty Jerome's gone. Um,
3: yeah, I don't I know think that he, he makes the rotation. Even he did get here. a lot of time
0: last night, which is kind of nice. Uh, yeah. He didn't shoot very well, but he ended up getting 14 minutes, which is not a lot, but it is something. Yeah, um, I think Poku is part of that. Uh, what that is, I have no idea. Um, I don't yeah, know what Poku's, they're going to do with Roby. Poku's
3: TBD. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Roby's not going to be a part of the rotation. Yeah. So you're looking, looking at Baisley, team.
0: Dort, Shea, Giddy. Did you say Baisley or no?
3: I'm no on Basil. Yeah. Right. GRE for sure. Jerry. Ken, Jeremiah and Ken Rich. <laughs> yeah. Those are my, that's that's man. I think that's on the team now. TBD I'm pretty high. Trey I'm man.
0: pretty high on Trey man, man. Dude's just got to eat his uh, broccoli.
3: Eat your broccoli tray before we can decide anything like that. Uh, okay. Zach Deeg wants to know, Presty calls the fry pod and says, I'm ready to eat one marshmallow instead of waiting for two. Uh, the Frypod must agree on who to trade for Donovan Mitchell or Zion. If there's no consensus, he'll bring Perk out of retirement to start 82 games.
0: Donovan and Mitchell. He's,
3: he said, assuming that SGA is in the trade. Yeah, it's easy, Donovan Mitchell. Z- I, give, Zion's give me a, got me terrified. That, that, one's too e- that one's too easy at this point. Like, Donovan's really, really good. And if you had Donovan Mitchell on this team, I was like, second, well, what do you do with the three guys? You play them. You know, and you, you know, maybe, I don't know if you sit Giddy or Dort to start the game, but, like, who cares? Like, that's a great player. Like, you just figure it out. And this team is malleable enough to where you could figure it out. Yep. Um, And maybe Giddy gets big enough at some point. That's That'll be the really interesting thing is, like, in five years, like, will Giddy guard (laughs) fours?
0: I mean, he's big enough. I mean, he's already got a pretty good NBA body.
3: Yeah, he does.
0: So... Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, I don't know who would be a comparable Trey Young. Um, you know, Trey Young, Donovan, Zion, or who else is kind of in that young range that, that Ja, ja Morant, which Ja doesn't make ja, a ton of sense on the Thunder.
3: Ja's so good though, man. He's been insane. <laughs> he's, he's I read so some stat that he
0: scored, how many, I don't know the exact number, but the points in the paint that he scored over this first opening five games or whatever, no other player since like Shaq and some other big has scored this many points in the paint to start a season or something like that. Or maybe it's Giannis and Shaq or something. (laughs) You got Tatum. Yeah, Gray Pape said Tatum.
3: Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell's on. Yeah, I'd take Tatum probably. Oh, gosh.
0: Dude, I've watched very little Boston. But would I take Jalen Brown over Jason Tatum?
3: Uh, I mean... Jalen's had a really, really nice start. He's had a really nice
0: start. I mean, I just watched mainly that Knicks game and then bits and pieces of other stuff, but Jalen's been insane.
3: I like Jalen a lot. It's a toss-up to me. I'd probably still take Tatum just because he's kind of shown to be that guy, but Jalen Brown's freaking good, man. Um, Ethan Nickelforce says, where would Giddy go in a way-too-early 2021 redraft? I think he would go sixth. So you've got
0: Cade, you've got Evan Mobley, Scotty, Jalen,
3: maybe jump Suggs, maybe, but that's too early. It's too early. I still say sixth. I still think Suggs did enough in college that you wouldn't second guess it. Yet.
0: Well, and I think the good thing about that is, is it felt for some people, it felt like an overreach, even though there's a lot of reports now that the Warriors were going to take giddy His six fell early. And I think Mm -hmm. what we've seen, at least in the first five games is that he's justified that that position in the draft.
3: Yep. Yep, definitely. Um all right, let's see all right, Jay. are you miffed and are you peeved? Miffed Miff Miffed and peeved you
0: know i don't M- really oh oh sorry uh, I don't elections. really know I don't really know what I could be miffed about with such a tremendous win for this team um That's great uh you know it's I don't want to do this mm-hmm. um but it's so freaking windy outside, Andrew.
3: It's so windy, dude. It is so, so windy. <laughs> I've been trying to get these projects done on the outside of my house. I was underneath fixing a table this morning here. It's just great. The wind is so crazy. I don't like it. Yeah. But no, man, things are good. Life is good. Uh took my wife's... My wife tahoe through the car wash the other day just trying to do something nice you know i try to just try to be a nice person it rips off the back like emblem thing off the back i go through this brand brand new car wash right over here just rips the thing off and i get home and it's dangling off the back of the truck uh super miffed about it they don't want to they say that they're not liable for it I say otherwise. You it it violently ripped the thing off my (laughs) wife's vehicle. What do you mean you're not liable for it? So I'm a a story with a car wash.
0: I have a miffed and peef story about that as well. Uh, so it wasn't a car wash, but we're driving, we were heading to Florida, actually. We're heading to Memphis. So then we would go to Florida with our family. And so we're driving and there's this construction car. It's like a garage door construction company car in front Mm -hmm. of me. And on the back of it, it had something that was kind of dangling and it was dragging the ground, but I thought it was just, it wasn't going anywhere. So I didn't think anything about it. I thought it was just like, eh, it's going to be okay. So I was behind it. There's a semi-truck on my side. And so I'm kind of behind it. I can't really get out of the way. It's a piece of trim that's probably seven feet long. And it slips out of the back, lands on the ground, and I, it, it such a way that I can't drive over it. So it's it's about seven feet and probably about three <laughs> inches wide. I hit it with my car, and it whips this piece of wood up and smashes and like just basically slaps my wife's car's hood. And so there was like a <laughs> dent in the side of it. And so the good thing is, <laughs> is we pulled up next, and we're like, "Hey!" And we called the guy, and he's like. Just go get a quote, and then you know, let me know, and we'll take care of it. But then we went and got the quote, and it's like it did damage to the bumper. It did damage to the front end. Never one thing. We're going to send that to the insurance. So it's insane. Cars, Uh, man. Cars. So annoying. We just sounded really old. We talked about the weather and cars. So this is (laughs) this is your Thursday Dad Pod.
3: (laughs) Thursday Dad Pod, everybody. But get out your wide leg jeans and your uh, new balances and, and enjoy the weekend. You know, get one last mow in before before Halloween if you can. You know, I'm going to
0: mow on Saturday, man. There you go. Got to listen to the slamming jam while mowing
3: the yard. That's right. Flip the flapjacks, to my flapjacks, mow your yard. That's right. <laughs> All right. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, thankful that you guys listened to our show. This is really fun to do. Uh, enjoy more thunder basketball Uh, be sure to join us on november 15th if you don't have tickets for that yet you can go get those Uh, you can go click the link on it's on our twitter profile and join us tickets are still available to attend the game the limited spots for the live pod before the game are still sold out but you can still show up so have a great day talk to you guys again on monday